radio bass. It just gets me into the mood. that vibe bass. Mm, mm, mm. Ew. <laughs> I don't know. Hello, everybody. And we're, we're back. We're back for episode two, two. of Radio Face Stories. The podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that was delayed. I'm Kezia. I'm Darla. And uh, welcome back, or thank you for joining us if it's the first time. Go yeah. back and check out episode one. What's the year on that old guy? <laughs> You'd have to ask my dad because that's where I stole it from. <laughs> wine. A fine, fine wine. <laughs> it's uh, a full and airy. Uh, it's a delicious red product of Italy, of course. Like all my fine stolen wines. It's good stuff, though. How was your week? What did you do? Um, oh, <laughs> I did not do yoga. It was good. It was it was productive, and I um I also had a lazy day, and um that was really fun. It's and a good balance. <laughs> right? But you can't just always you be doing stuff. Go 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 all the time. And sometimes you need to just lay around and watch eighteen episodes of Love Island. <laughs> <coughs> oh, do you watch that? I have not watched that yet. Don't start. Okay. Because you will not be able to stop. I'm all for supporting lazy days. Lazy Susan. And Lazy Susans. <laughs> Do you have a Lazy Susan? No, but my it was my mom's birthday yesterday, and my dad bought her this sweet chair. Um, I, wait, what's a Lazy Susan? No. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, can we not put this in? No, we're putting this in. What I find interesting is that I said Lazy Susan, or someone said Lazy... You said Lazy Susan. Yeah. You, you said Lazy Susan... You don't know what it is, but then it triggered a story. <laughs> it triggered. Even though you don't know what it a is. A lazy boy story. Oh, okay. Continue. But, like, is a lazy Susan, a like... A chair? Yeah, that... Because, no. well, there's lazy guy, and then there's lazy oh. girl Susan, right? Because <laughs> lazy boy's a not. guy, and lazy Susan lazy is a girl. Lazy boy is so a is it like, brand. Yeah. Lazy Susan <laughs> belongs in a cupboard in the kitchen. Oh, the twirly thing. Yeah. I have one. Oh, you do have one. That was my initial question. So short answer is yes. <laughs> but that was really fun to get there. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> wait. Why were we talking about Lazy Susan? No idea anymore. Mm. Should we proceed? Okay, so. Happy birthday to your mom. And happy birthday to Rebecca. And happy birthday yeah. to you last week. What a... What a bunch of birthdays. So Sagittarius's are taking over you guys the are season. <laughs> is that what you are? Sagittarius's? Yeah. What do you keep up with that kind of thing? Do you know what like what is your I just know that I get along with all the Sagittarius's that I know. Oh. How was your week, Darla? <laughs> Sorry, what? How's uh, your My week, yeah, it was okay. I watched some Christmas movies with my children. Oh. Home Alone Two. Yeah. Uh, last week was Home Alone Once Renowned, Home Alone Two. And Donald Trump's in the second one. Have you seen the second one? Yep. Do you remember him being I, in it? Um, like, he makes a cameo appearance. Is his face really orange? No, that's it? present day. This is old Donald Trump, so he kind of looks normal. I feel like I remember him in that movie, but his face was really orange. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a jerk, but he doesn't look orange. Um, he, but I read, it's funny, I read an article just recently, before I watched the movie, that he essentially bullied his way into that movie because I guess the hotel they filmed the the movie at uh, was his hotel, and so he like made a scene and wanted to be in it. And of so, course like, he did. Yeah, and a- apparently he did that for other movies, but 
they always cut him out of the movie at the end so he wasn't actually in it and just like skipped it but in home alone when they played it before they finished the final copy or however that works uh the people that watched it actually cheered when they saw him in the clip so then they decided to keep him in the movie which makes me kind of hate it a bit. Sweet. I'm excited for Christmas movies. Um, last Christmas, I remember we started... Okay, because I've never watched Harry Potter. Oh, my God. I know. So this is a thing. So last year we started, we were going to watch all of them, and we only watched the first oh, one. So may we that. please continue Absolutely. this year? Because they only get better. Yeah. Okay, so rock, paper, scissors. Yep. Okay. Oh, Shoot. I won again. Just comes in with the scissors, rips the paper. That was exciting. They rip because. it. They rip, grip it and rip it. <laughs> Put a grip full in the freezer. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> Put a grip full in the freezer. <laughs> uh. So this story, I actually it started out as a haunting story, but as I started researching it, it actually turned into a crazy true crime story. This is the story of the Fairmont Empress, A.K.A. Empress Hotel. Ah, the Empress. In Victoria, B.C., and the architect behind it named Francis Ranbury. Excellent. Okay. The Empress Hotel is one of the most famous hotels in British Columbia. It's a five-star luxury accommodation. It consists of 464 rooms and suites. Mm. Um, Sorry, how many? 464. Holy smokes. It's a monster. And the rooms <laughs> the rooms start at four hundred dollars a night. Oh my gosh! Yikes! Have right? you ever stayed there? No, but maybe someone will sponsor us <laughs> to stay there maybe, for a night. Hey, maybe things happen. <laughs> I've stayed there once. Um, you have? Yeah, when I was like seventeen or something. My grandpa, when he retired from the pilots, um, that's where his retirement party was, and so I got to stay there. Whoa! And it was super fun. I got to babysit all my younger cousins, so that was really exciting. Did you see any ghosts? No, and I didn't. Even, no, I didn't. I just saw young children, and I had to babysit. And I remember being like, "Oh, this is the worst." Oh, but well, it's super nice now. Hotel. It would be cool. I'd be really into it now. Um. So yeah, it has beautiful gardens and world famous tea. Did you know that? No. You can do well, like a a sleep and steep or something. It's called. <laughs> That sounds exciting. <laughs> I might just made that up, but oh. I did look on the website. Sleep um, and steep. Yeah, well, you like get like tea in they bed? have tea that they in make. bed. Like, no, what's it's the like sleeping. Think, like you stay there and then oh. you do the tea experience. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> there's a lot of information on the history of this hotel and its architecture. So if you guys are interested, you should look it up because it's insanely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got vines that cover the outside of it in the summertime. It's just like, I don't know. It's just very, a beautiful hotel. It's a very beautiful. And it's also said to be a very famous haunted hotel around the world. Did you know that? I did know. Oh. But I'm excited to hear more. So the Empress is located downtown Victoria on Government Street facing the harbor. It was built between 1904 and 1908. And then additional wings were added between 1909 and 1914 and in 1928. And during this time, it was visited by kings and queens. Hmm. King George the sixth. Vienna I. Is that six? That's six, yeah. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> um, queen Elizabeth and Queen Elizabeth II and movie stars and tons of famous people have been there. Love it. It's kind of a big deal. So the building's architect was named Francis Mawson Rattenbury. And now I'm going to go into history of his life. 
So Francis was born in England in 1867 in a town called Leeds. Do you know where that is? It's in England. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca lived in England for a long time, so that was why I was asking. (laughs) So um, he started an apprenticeship in 1884 to begin his architectural career in England at the Lockwood and Mason Company. And he worked there until he left for Canada in 1891. So he landed in Vancouver, and at the time, the province of British Columbia was new. And they held an architectural competition to build the new legislative building in Victoria. And he entered and won the competition. That's cool. Yeah. So there was many issues along the way, one of them being that he went over budget by $400,000, which in today's money is equivalent to $11.5 million. Holy smokes. Like, how do you go over budget that much and it's that's just like, okay? It's not even like <laughs> taking the budget into consideration. You're At like, all. Budget, budget smudges, <laughs> 11 mil. But they what? They had like just a. $14 million buffer just in case. Like, I just, I don't know. Anyways. Crazy. So then the British Columbia Parliament buildings were officially opened in 1898. It was 500 feet long with a central dome and two pavilions, rich in white marble and made in a popular Romanesque style. It became a very impressive monument for the new province. And... If anyone's been to Victoria, it's kind of a sight to see, like, the Parliament buildings and the Empress are right beside each other. They're pretty close to each other. Yeah, you can see them. Yeah, it's beautiful, and at night, um, it's all lit up um, with lights, and yeah, it's actually just beautiful. (laughs) So this success gave him many other commissions in Victoria, like the Empress Hotel. In 1900, he designed an 18-bedroom, three-story Burns Manor for his friend, Pat Burns. Who needs 18 bedrooms? Um, the owner of Burns of... Meat. Oh. Does he have a lot of children or just um, visitors? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he had 18 different activities that he needed several <laughs> rooms for. <laughs> then he went on to work for the CPR, the Canadian Pacific Railway, as their Western Division architect, but he lost that job when he joined the GTP, the Grand Trunk Pacific Railway. Hmm. He designed many hotels for them, but they were never completed due to the death of the president, Charles Melville Hayes. Guess how he died? Uh, hanging by neck. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. He drowned in the sinking of the Titanic. And now I'm going to sidebar a story. (laughs) Because me and Darla did a pre-recording of this podcast and this story came up and I'm going to tell it again. When, so when me and Darla were in grade seven, we did a project together and we had to give a presentation in front of the classroom and our project was on the Titanic. <laughs> and during our presentation, we, something happened. We had like different information about something we were talking about and we started arguing with each other in front of the classroom about who was right. And I actually remember like yelling. Oh my gosh. Do, do you I, remember that? No, I don't remember that because like we discussed the first time you brought this up oh, again, right. I have no memory of you being in, I remember <laughs> the project. I remember lo- specific details about the, like I was fascinated by the Titanic and the whole thing. And my dad helped me with all this. I have no memory of you being part of it. I don't remember you 
with <laughs> you me. just I don't remember you being I remember standing there in front of the class and I do not remember you being there. I have blocked you out of my memory Maybe whether because it was like so traumatizing I was like didn't happen I aced that all by myself like that is I rewrote the memory I do not remember you being in part of that that is insane I do I don't because that freaks me that, out a little like bit. I don't remember a lot of things but you remember but I remember that and I remember it clearly except for you being there that is crazy that is crazy <laughs> and I Thanks. apologize for my hey I'm that. not mad I'm probably probably blocked out a lot of memories of you in my day too <laughs> But hey, it's all good. We only remember Man. the ones that matter, right? I think is that why we block each other out though? Like that isn't. I don't know. That freaks me it's out. Uh, I. No one can. Nobody we knows how the brain story works. In the Titanic, just so we can do it justice and not fight. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine though us yelling at each other in front of the whole crap classroom? Like As a teacher, it wasn't even a thing. Like, like that was just what we just did. Sit down. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a B if you stop talking right now and <laughs> sit in your desk. Right. We probably got an A. I feel like. No, we failed. <laughs> you failed to communicate beforehand. We, def- we failed some things, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back to the story. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so those projects were not completed because the president died. Okay. And so then he returned to the Canadian Pacific Railway. They let him come back. And he worked alongside another architect named Percy James. They built a second steamship terminal in Victoria in 1923. And those two also collaborated on the design of the Crystal Garden. It's another stunning building. It's like all glass roof. Um, is, sorry, is it in, where is it's it? In Victoria. It's in Victoria. It looks like a giant greenhouse, but there's like yeah. tables and stuff. They use it for all kinds of... It's a social center. Um, and at one point it was home to exotic animals. Like, I like, don't even know what that means. Like, like tigers? <laughs> wow. Right? I, I, mean, I there don't know. There must be other exotic animals, but I can't I just, think, I just of think of tigers. So then, so him and Percy had a falling out because Francis refused to give Percy credit and payment for his work in the garden. What the heck? So this is kind of around the time, you know, Francis sort of became a bit of a shady dude. So he started going downhill as fast as he got popular. Hmm. He lost a competition for the Saskatchewan Legislative Building. And because he didn't have much formal training in architecture, he was just replaced with people that had more experience. Fair. So, yeah, right? Nevertheless, he had money to spend. So he planned to supply meat and cattle to the prospectors during the Klondike Gold Rush. Okay. Yep. That's pretty cool, right? That is cool. And he ordered three steam trains to serve the Yukon. <laughs> I have a question. Did you write hoo-hoo on your notes? No. Okay. Sometimes they just come out. Wow, that was good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so those became profitable, but after World War One, his luck finally started to run out, and he had some falling outs with business partners as happens, you know, when you're in the money game, I'm sure mm. people start to get greedy and things just fall apart. So this affected his personal life. And um, he was also said to have a wandering eye. Is he is he in a relationship? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is where I get to that. So he was married to Florence Nunn. Mm-hmm. They got married in 1898. But he left her and their two children in 1923 for a 27-year-old named 
Alma Packenham. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually did the math on Her it. name is not Packenham. It is Alma. Alma <laughs> Packenham. <laughs> and I did the math, and he was 56. Ew. Woof, right? <laughs> Woof of the day. So she was... Um, a musician, she was a piano player at the Empress. So obviously one night she was like playing a symphony and he tickling came strolling the- down the- tickling the ivories. Fuck is that what you're gonna yeah, say? Yeah, look at that pack and ham tickling those ivories. And obviously like he came down the stairs and you know, was like swoon. Yeah. Girls. So <clears throat> he was shunned. Later, after treating Florence, his ex-wife, like a piece of shit, Dick apparently move. he turned off the heat and lights in their home after he left. He just, like, shut it all down. And Isn't his children mean? are there as well. Yep, just the didn't worst. care. What a weasel. And he would flaunt his young, hot thing around town, and people just were like, okay, this dude's not cool anymore, and yeah, he just became a bit of a loser, and then this forced him to leave Victoria. He would earn the dick of the day title in my house. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to sort through the sock He'd have basket. to sort through the lone sock bin. That's the worst job here. <laughs> you earned it. Can when one of when that happens to one of the kids? Yeah. So Darla has like a laundry basket full of socks that don't have, have no friends, partners. and she's gonna make one of her kids do it one day when they're being a dick. Can you just? Like, I don't. When they're being, when their behavior is less than ideal. <laughs> The dick of the day. It's the, it's the DOD. It's okay to say that. It's just DOD. Um, but I want you to let me know who, who's doing it and send me a photo. And listen, I'm not going to lie. It's come to the point that whenever I find a sock, I don't even try to find the partner anymore. I just add it to that basket for whoever's going to be the DOD. Right. And earn that job. So yeah. I, will take, you want me to take, I will take a picture Please. of it. Please. I feel like that kid's going to It might be my husband, breakdown. but it might be one of the kids. <laughs> I feel like it'll be funny if it's one of the kids. If the dogs had thumbs, it would probably be them. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, yeah. So they had to leave Victoria, and then they got married and moved to Bournemouth, England in 1929. Bournemouth. I just read that, and I... Do you want to know how you really say it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bournemouth. 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 Okay, because all I was thinking when I read that was, like, Jason Bourne's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. I was thinking about Jason Bourne. Matt Damon's lips. (laughs) Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay. So they moved to Bournemouth in 1929. Now I'm saying it right. What up? The same year that Florence died, his ex-wife. I really feel bad for Florence. I do. She was probably a lovely lady. She probably but was maybe the best. she wasn't. No, no, she was the best. She was great. Absolutely. Okay, so this is where it starts to get spooky. So in Bournemouth, Francis's financial problems continued and obviously put a damper on him and Alma's relationship. So Alma obviously got bored and she decided to go for their eighteen year old chauffeur. George Percy Stoner. No. That's his name. You are just making Look up the it names up. I am point. not. That is legit his name. George Percy Stoner. He was 18. I also did the math on this. And she was between the age of 36 to 39. So they're kind of all gross. Well, I mean, I feel like they this got happened me. a lot back then. Like, I feel like all these older stories that you hear about 
It was all about money, right? So, like, it didn't matter. I guess so, but, I mean, a chauffeur doesn't have much money, but she was obviously just over her old man, so she wanted... Yeah, and you think about if they got married, her name would be Packenham Stoner. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Elma Packenham Stoner. For the win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... George Percy Stoner, so he was living a boring, sheltered life with his parents. He didn't really get out much, and then he was recruited through an advertisement. To um, be a chauffeur? Yeah, so I guess the uh, Rattenburys put an adver- advertisement in the paper that they were looking for a chauffeur, and mm-hmm. then he was recruited, and he moved into their home. Oh, like a live-in chauffeur? Yep. So, and the home wow. was probably a mansion. Um, it was called the Villa... Madeira. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, in the early hours of March 23rd, 1935, Francis was discovered in his sitting room with severe head injuries. This gets really gross. Uh, brace yourselves if you have a weak <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> and serious face. Okay, so Francis was discovered in his sitting room. What's a sitting room? It's like a where room you sit and read. Where you sit and, and ponder. read. It's a and ponder. ponder. You ponder. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he had sustained a series of blows to the head with a carpenter's mallet. Ouch. They say he was hit so hard that it actually removed the back of his head. Holy shit. And his false teeth had fallen out of the front of his head. <laughs> Isn't that messed up well to be honest i don't think false teeth are in there super well my grandpa used to rattle his like <laughs> whenever he felt like it so Gross. i feel like so like so even if like, you just slap someone like, in the back quick, of the quick cuff might dislodge them but no it's not cool to get hit by a mallet of any kind yeah um <laughs> yikes so he ends up dying <laughs> he ends up dying four days later unfortunately that was the end of Francis. Mm. So Alma confesses right away, but her sweet baby boy Stoner told the housekeeper that he actually did the smashing of Francis's uh, head. He, that's not odd. Can you delete the odd? No, I don't <laughs> mean to say that. I didn't mean that. It's all real. Because I call him a sweet baby yeah, boy. Yeah, I think maybe I felt bad all of a because sudden. Because he is a baby boy. The power of words. So I was trying to read a bit more about this murder, and there's paper clippings that I'll put in the photos on the Instagram, but basically Francis was, he knew the affair was going on and he was okay with it. Him and Alma just didn't really mesh anymore, but I, but I guess she would still spend time with Francis and Stoner would, he started getting jealous. And then I think it just happened that one day he just got mad and smashed his head in as As you do. As you do when you're mad. I'm mad. <laughs> so Where's my mallet? So they were both charged, but Alma retracted her confession after her oldest son came to visit her in prison. Mm. And then Stoner was convicted and sentenced to death, but it changed to life imprisonment. Get this. After a petition was signed by 300,000 people saying that they think he was manipulated into committing the murder Holy. by the old bat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did, is that accurate or did she no, have 300,000 haters like 
I, she probably had that many haters because yeah. yeah, this petition obviously that's a lot of people yeah. that were like there must there must have been like something in the news and yeah right uh, in the paper that people were like okay this is she's much older than him you know there's no way this yeah. that he's just gonna do that so um, so anyways yeah they he didn't have to die. Um, and then, so then Alma was acquitted of the murder. I don't know how that happened. And of being an accessory. Money. But she ended up committing suicide a few days later on June 4th, 1935, by stabbing herself in the chest with a dagger six times. Three of those penetrated her heart, and then she launched herself over a bridge into a river. (sighs) What the fuck, right? Okay, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a really, in, that's a twist ending I didn't see coming, but... Okay, imagine me, like, researching that's... this, and this is what I'm finding. Like, did, uh, was there any chance that she was actually murdered, and then they just, that, like, no, someone she, stabbed her through I off a building and she obviously that's an, that's, couldn't deal with... How do you even stab yourself more than one time? Let alone one Dude, time. Dude, I don't know. She, I'm sure everyone <clears throat> at this point in the story was crazy. Holy smokes. Like, she just... Yeah, like, that is... Yeah, that's pretty mental. Vi- violent. Yeah, that's, that's something. So, yeah, I think I also have a photo of the bridge where that happened with yeah. her standing by it. But anyways, what an, what an exit. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. So... Florence then, out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Alma. Shit. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Um, so then Stoner only ended up serving seven years, but he was released to join the army and fight in World War Two, And then he died at the age of 83 in hospital in Christchurch. So I Not guess he way. like, yeah, I mean, he went to the army, probably did some good, maybe killed more people. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, okay. So then Francis was buried in an unmarked grave despite his great career as an architect, which is bizarre. In a cemetery close to his home in Bournemouth, he um, and then only seventy-two years later, in two thousand and seven, a headstone was erected for him, paid for by a family friend. Wow, isn't that that is weird? Sad, yeah. Like poor guy. Hmm. So then it is it is said that Francis Rattenbury returned to Victoria after his murder to embody the Empress Hotel. He was sixty-seven when he was murdered. Hmm. So now we're going back to the Empress. So there is a thin-mustached man walk, walking the halls with a cane, and he haunts the hotel big time. So it is led to believe that um, it's Francis. And if you think about that story, um, he obviously had some unfinished business, Sure. Yeah. I think. There's also a maid that's seen on the sixth floor still cleaning after her death. So her... That's going to be me when I die. I'm going to still be here doing laundry. So just in case you wonder. That's hilarious. That's your unfinished business. Absolutely. It's always going to be laundry. (laughs) Damn it, those socks. Damn it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the maid is said to be a former chambermaid named Lizzie McGrath. And she would usually sit and say her prayers on the fire escape outside of her room on the sixth floor. Uh-huh. But one day they were doing renovations and the fire escape wasn't there. 
and she <laughs> accidentally plunged to her death just that's to the not, right of the entrance. That's not funny, but she's like, do do do, whoop, like out the fucking door. That's that's what that's what they say. That's what happened. That's awful. Yeah. Like, so she died suddenly, and so she still goes about the hotel cleaning. With her, you know, in her outfit, with her little duster, and she's just going about her business. She's probably having a great time. I doubt it. I really doubt it. (laughs) But only on the sixth floor. Oh, my goodness. That's her, that's her floor. Um, there's a little girl that's seen, she just haunts one particular room. That's creepy. We should find out what room that is. That's terrifying. How would you get a... A little girl? Yeah. A a child ghost that's... I know, they are the... the creepiest. It is. I'm for sure. I love children, but there's something definitely creepy about small oh, children. Have you heard about, about the um? What was that? I told black eyed. The black eyed children. children. Black eyed children. So creepy, guys. Just look. Just Google black eyed children and see what comes up. It's terrifying. Only okay. if you don't want to have children. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this little girl is seen, and then also in the 1960s, a construction worker saw a shadowy form swinging from the ceiling, and apparently the year before, another worker hung himself there. Oh. So his, um... No, we get it. Ghost is still there. Yeah, hanging. And then this one's kind of cute. So, Gessie, an elderly woman in her pajamas, knocking on their door, and when they try to help her find her room, she takes them to the elevator and then vanishes so she's actually like a full form um what part is cute I, who said cute you did i did i say cute yeah oh because she's let me finish the story and then tell me if it's cute <laughs> so <laughs> so when they try to help her find her room she takes in the elevator and vanishes okay. creepy and it said that she died of natural causes in her room so that room where she died was taken out, and they built elevators. And uh-huh. that's why she walks people towards the elevators. I think that's kind of cute. That's not cute. I mean... Like a little old lady being like, can you help me find my room? And then they <laughs> they take her to, to try to help her find her room. And she vanishes. <laughs> that is not cute. That is terrifying. I mean, okay, it's not cute. It is terrifying. Okay. But good. she is probably a cute old lady. Because old ladies are cute. They are cute. Um, okay, and that is the story of the Empress Hotel. I thoroughly enjoyed thank that. Thank you. No, thank you. I'll just give the... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, the sources. So Wikipedia was a big one. I got an article from westcoastlivingcanada.com, an article from superstitioustimes.com, and dorsetlife.co.uk .gov. <laughs> so, and That's now we're going to pause for a commercial break. And it's, oh, God. Oh, no. That's okay. Just drink it off the floor. Because um, you just spilled her wine everywhere. Open <laughs> up an aisle C. <laughs> and I'll close it. Hi, Rebecca here from Radio Face Stories. Quick heads up. We've had more interference with our recording equipment seems that Darla has angered the spirits that haunt her, and, well, I suppose we're suffering the consequences of that. Anyway, thank you so much for sticking with us and persevering. Enjoy the rest of the show. So my story is the murder of Yao Kum and the ghosts of Fantan Alley. 
So my story is actually also Victoria. Cool. Which, I mean, So in downtown Victoria is uh, Canada's oldest Chinatown. There is a unique alley called Fantan Alley. This alley is known as the narrowest alley in North America. So Whoa. it supposedly, I mean, I think I've been down it, but I can't, I don't think I even paid attention at the time. Have, like, do you ever go shop downtown Victoria? I have, but yeah. I don't know where that is. Okay, so is. there's an alley that is so narrow that a small child can reach their hands out and touch it as they walk through. It's only just just over a meter wide. Whoa. Yeah. So think if there's, you know, other people shopping in that spot, that's a really tight little... There's like... It's just it's, an itty It's an alley facilitating shop fronts? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, okay. Crazy. Um, that is neat. But that's not the only thing making this alley so unique. Fantan Alley is also known by locals to be incredibly haunted. Uh, it's been said that you can feel the paranormal energy when walking past what once was opium dens and gambling halls. Whoa. The gates at the entrance of the alley are now decorated with symbols to help scare away evil spirits and to keep passerby safe. What? So that's how haunted this little, little passageway is. Um, so before we go into why it's so haunted, let's uh, have a little bit of a history lesson. Okay. Um, I feel it's important to understand the dynamics of the time period um, of when my story takes place. So we got to know some stuff that was going on. So in 1923, the Chinese Immigration Act, which better known today as the Chinese Exclusion Act, um, was passed, which banned Chinese immigrants from entering Canada, except those who were diplomats, students, or merchants. So before this, uh, the Chinese immigration was heavily controlled by the Chinese Immigration Act of 1885, which just placed a head tax. So $50 on all immigrants from um, from China just to slow the wave of immigration. So they didn't want all these people coming into Canada. So and it stayed this way till 1947 when uh, the Canadian Parliament repealed the act. And the only reason this was due to Canada becoming a signatory with the United Nations Charter of Human Rights after World War II. And so then they had to kind of clean up their act a little bit. Um, so previous to all this, in the mid-1800s, the gold rush brought a wave of immigrations to Fort Victoria, one-third of which were Chinese. As the community grew more and more, violence and murder was common, and most of these crimes went unsolved. So Murder between... Just okay. with all the group... The, yeah. There was so many people all of a sudden that there was just no way of keeping up. And Crazy. probably a lot of people just didn't care. It was kind of a yucky time. Victoria at the time was a main port of entry for all of BC, as at that time it was larger than Vancouver um, until about the 1890s. The Chinese referred to Victoria as Dai Fao, which directly translates to Big Port. Many of the Chinese would travel seasonally to the interior gold regions, and then in the winter, they would return to Victoria to spend all their hard-earned money. Chinatown filled with stores that welcomed the men and their cash, especially gambling dens, opium parlors, and brothels. Lots of brothels. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Chinatown wasn't the only place that had brothels. They were, it was Everywhere. prominent all over Victoria, yeah. So now, opium was actually legal until 1908 in Canada. But gambling was not. So the name Fantan is actually a name of a game that was super popular back then, a gambling game. Um, and they were play it was played in the dens located on the upper floors above the alley. So the alley had these stores. So they were like tea shops and other things. And then above them they would have these gambling dens. 
and they had t- t- uh, trap doors so you could enter the store, what? but you would actually go through the trap doors and the ceilings to the gambling dens above. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That sounds sweet. <laughs> so to elude police, they had those trap doors um, in the ceilings, and then they also had the gates on either end of the alley that would lock. So in the, the nights, they would just lock it. So if police tried to raid the area, they, they had extra it. time, yeah, and would slow the police. Sweet. Because most of the travelers were men, slave traders would bring young, beautiful women to the ports, like Victoria, as prostitutes. In the book Haunting of Vancouver Island by Shannon Sin, he writes that historians claim that these girls would sell for as much as $1,000, and they lived terrible, hopeless lives. So let's keep in mind that, like I said, this is no different in white neighborhoods, as brothels are really prominent. This is not just a Chinatown thing. So there was my 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 murder story is a young girl named Yao Kum was thirteen around thirteen years old when she was brought from San Francisco by her owner Agi to the Victoria her Chinatown. Owner. Yeah, she was Dude. owned by yeah. Gross. They didn't have much of a life. Um, to the Victoria Chinatown for prostitution, and she became the property of a brothel on Fiskard Street, which actually leads. In, so if you're on Fiskard, the entrance of Fantan Alley comes off of Fiskard. She was known as one of the most beautiful Chinese girls in Victoria, and her job was to sit in a wicker window and solicit men that went by. So they had the window had a large hole that was enough for her Stop. head to come out of so she could stick her head out, and the men could see her, right, and how beautiful she was, and she could solicit them to come spend time with her. Um, <sighs> yeah, so... It's reported that she had many young white male friends as well, and that and it's supposedly she had an aversion to Chinese men. So I wrote down here, how do they know this? Kind of a detail. Like, I don't... I doubt this information actually came from her, that she doesn't like Chinese men. And I said, in a situation like this, I would probably have an aversion to all men and probably all humans. So I don't think she liked many people then. So this girl was to sit in the window and try to get men to buy time with her. If they were interested, they would go and bargain with the brothel owner um, for whatever was deemed as an appropriate price for her company. If Yao didn't successfully solicit men uh, or clients, she would be beaten and starved. So she had no choice, right? She couldn't just sit there and enjoy the view. She had to do this. That's so sad. It's pretty bad. It's a lose-lose situation. Obviously, being so young and beautiful, many men were, in fact, attracted to her. And one in particular was a young Chinese man named Ah Hyung. Witnesses claim that Hyung lived next to the brothel Yao belonged to and would visit her every night. It is said that he often fought with the brothel owner and he had proposed to Yao on more than one occasion. However, because he was so poor, he was unable to buy her from him. Right. He, the owner refused to ever release her. So Hyung was stuck Plus having... She probably- brought him a lot of business. Yeah, There's no he way was not. Like... It wasn't going to happen. And there was also a story that I read that he threatened to poison the owner of the brothel if he didn't give Yao to him. Right. So he was stuck having to watch and listen Yao solicit men across from his home. Um, and it's later stated that he, in fact, admitted to being very jealous of all the men that would go and see her. So I'm going to say the trigger warning because what I'm about to describe is pretty horrific. So no children listening. On the night of May 12th... Oh, hold on. <laughs> like what's happening? It's just the microphone falling. Darla, sorry. On the night of May, haunted. No, I'm not. Stop. It was fine. Oh, it's not. Now the kids even say I'm haunted. 
because they, they listen. They got them. wind of it. Yeah. Oh. I'm not haunted. Yes. Why is ev- all of my equipment is now like effing up? Rebecca, stop it! Oh my god, I didn't. Okay, just saying. It's still recording. Just saying. It's still recording. On the night of May twelfth at eleven p.m., Hyung, carrying an eighteen-inch knife, approached the wicker window of Yao Kum's brothel, and pulling her by the hair, forced her head <gasps> out of the hole as far as he could pull it. It is said that he then hacked three times at the back of her neck Yao screaming as her head was being chopped off stop I know I'm sorry when the screaming finally stopped her body laid still inside of the brothel window her head outside barely hanging on by the remaining flesh of her neck okay just question this is the guy that wanted to marry her yeah he just was like I can't have you so I'm just gonna cut your head off yeah that is so messed up. It's very messed up. So Poor I guess. Girl. Yeah. But I mean, no, yeah. <laughs> That's what you do to people you love, I yeah. guess. <laughs> the, you know, I really like you. It I'm going to chop me. your head off. It was a thing in 1920. 18. Five. Yes. 18. That's not. 1820. 1819. 18. 18. <laughs> <laughs> All those are wrong. Continue. So he fled the scene after he did this, uh, you know, expressed his love in such a delightful way. He fled this horrific scene um, down through Fantan Alley. He ran towards the American Hotel, and the knife that he had used to so brutally murder the woman he supposedly loved was never recovered. He was arrested two days later when he was found hiding in coal bins located at the hotel. Coal bins? Coal bins, bins of coal, and murderers. On May 31st, <laughs> Ah Hyung was sentenced to death by hanging... <laughs> There it is again. By his neck. <laughs> By his neck. <laughs> execution date set for July 10th. However, on the morning of his execution, he committed suicide in his prison cell. Wow. Our stories really mirror each other. Yeah, I think the, the, ta- the, the years yeah, too the air, similar. Yeah, similar. Yeah, and you talked about the gold rush in yours. And, yeah. Interesting. So, now many locals and tourists claim to experience odd things in the Fantan Alley and the area surrounding it, such as hearing footsteps when no one is around. Um, having the feeling of being shoved, like violently shoved. What? Yeah, for like forcefully. And that would ha- probably happen to you. That would, yeah. And even sightings of a young Asian man covered in blood. So oddly, there isn't reports of seeing um, a ghost matching the, the description of Yao Kum, but many see the this, uh, ghost that looks like Ah Hyung in the area that he fled after decapitating the love of his life. Wow. Yeah. And that's the story of... Fantan Alley and the murder of Yao Kum. That's crazy. That is a crazy one. We need to go there. Okay, that well we that's doable. To. We could do that like any yeah. day. I've heard I've heard that Victoria is very haunted. Mm-hmm. But it kind of makes sense because I feel like um, it's such an old city. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, I've there's I've a lot of history of there. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but like Research researching stuff for this podcast, like I'm learning so absolutely, much, yeah. and I'm actually like excited about it because yeah. I feel like I find it very I'm, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, and I'm gonna be a book of knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> right? like give us a year, like I'm gonna know just, so many. Just things. know all the things. You can um, go on Jeopardy. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna my resources were The Haunting of Vancouver Island by Shannon Sin. It's an awesome book. Actually, I own it. Recommend getting it. Lots of lots of really cool stories in there. Tourism Victoria website, which is tourismvictoria.com. Um, 
Finding History in Fantan Alley by Kay Bannerman, which was an article in the province newspaper. Uh, there's a brochure about Mysterious Chinatown from the Victoria.ca website and Victoria Times columnist newspaper article from May 13th, 1889, which I will post on our Instagram. It's a really cool article that talks about the murder the day after it happened. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I love that you can still find those original newspaper it's, yeah. articles and clippings. Even though the like... language is so different, it's interesting to read, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And that is that, my friends. That was awesome, Darla. Thank you. Great job. What a morbid <laughs> session gross. we've had tonight. That was super dark. Yeah. But maybe we should end on a lighter note. <laughs> okay. Can you think of anything? I think we should do a woof of the day. You've already said woof once in this day and last time. <laughs> so we don't have to do it, but we need to do woof of the day. Well, because it's from Home Alone. Yes. Plus your woof. girlfriend. <laughs> woof. <laughs> Which is rude, but... Like it's it. funny. It is that funny. movie is a classic. Mm-hmm. Have your children? I'm sure they watched. Like I mentioned you at the beginning of this episode, we watched Home Alone, Alone two. two. Last week we watched Home Alone one. Did you say that you watched one last mm-hmm. week? Oh, I wasn't listening. Anymore. That's okay. <laughs> you could always. I blocked you out of you my memory. Sub- subscribe. <laughs> You should subscribe to my podcast, and then you could hear all this stuff. <laughs> oh, also, guys, if you are, are enjoying this podcast, please tell your friends and share. Word of mouth is honestly the best way to grow stuff, and we appreciate you. And we're going to keep going, um, and it's going to get better and, and uh, more interesting, for sure. Yeah. And fun. Fun. Especially and we'll when we go to these facts. places and take pictures oh, and, and do our own research oh, in I person. I actually wanted to drive by the Bevan House tonight on the way here and see if the light was on, but I, and I just remembered that I forgot now. Do it. So next time. Yes, ma'am. Do you end with a movie quote? Do you have one this week? I was trying to think of one, and I I, I, I mean, I have a million, but they're all really short. Yeah, just say it. I, 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 I you know what I was thinking of, and I can't, it won't leave my mind. It say. was... Who wants a mustache ride? (laughs) But that's not okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks. That was Super Troopers, by the way. Yeah. It's an awesome gross movie.